1: Hello and good day. This is Doc Rob, Dr. Rob Streisfeld, your concierge of better living here at CannabisRadio.com and happy to be back on with another episode, another podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for sharing. We can't do this without you. And this is for you. This is to help educate and to support uh, your well-being, better living. As I said, you know, this is our goal to work together as a community. And it really comes down to education and uh, good information and I think that's what I've always been supportive. I tell people I don't sell anything I tell. I like to get out there and promote good scientific information and uh, help people, whether it be consumers, whether it be retailers, whether it be health practitioners uh, or industry specialist regardless we want to help and and build this gap uh, fill this gap and educate which is really why I'm excited for today's guest I have Kurt Robbins a technical writer instructional designer and lecturer developing science-based educational and training content for fortune 200 uh, enterprise companies for more than 30 years uh, large companies that you would know clients like federal Express and Microsoft and others um, but we're talking today and it's great to have you on the show today Kurt we're talking about biochemistry and certain science regarding cannabis. And I think we need right. to dive in and I'm excited to dive in with you. Cause you're one of the few people that I follow on Twitter and we, and we can, and, and I look at the content and I just, I like it. I mean, for me, it's someone that wants to get good information, good resources, good science, good articles. You're one of my go-to sources. So thanks for coming. Oh, on thanks.
0: Today. Thanks. Uh, no, it's a, uh, thanks for having me. Uh, You know, it's important to educate, and the way I see things currently here in 2020 uh, is that there's basically two groups that require education, industry professionals and patients and recreational consumers. So we got the consumers on one side and we got the producers and the regulators and the distribution channel on the other side. But uh, unfortunately, we find pervasive ignorance in both of those groups, and uh, it doesn't help anybody, right?
1: Right. No, no, it doesn't. I mean, I always laugh. i mentioned this before. We were doing, I don't know, four or five years ago, an event in Chicago at Navy Pier, free event, health, medical education for doctors in Chicago area and their medical association. They're told the doctors they cannot attend, that they were not allowed to get this free information on a subject that was emerging in our industry and emerging in society. But now, I mean, if that was four or five years ago. That seems like such a long time ago, but it was a blip. And we have to constantly keep pushing this envelope. We still have people... You know, with reefer madness and, uh, and mindsets and um, you know, archaic, archaic yeah. processes to this plant. And for me, and this is something I want to dive into, it's like, look, there's over 500 compounds. I love that you promote the flavonoids and the terpenoids, You're not just focusing right. on the phytocannabinoids. Um, so you know, these are things that there's over 500 compounds. We have to look at this. I look at this plant of late, and where I focus my interests of late is as my whole plant expo topic, cannabis is food. So I've taken the food perception and perspective of this plant, um, and that goes beyond the hemp seed and the seed oil and protein powders. I'm looking at the leaves and other facets, and I think there's so much to offer, or so much this plant offers us in a matter of uh, well-being and healing and just overall health support that to to dismiss it or to ignore that is is just, uh, and which most people in this industry have done, is is kind of a, a a horrible oversight.
0: Yeah, I would agree. Um I've talked to many patients who, now, these are not scientific reports, right? This is anecdotal evidence, but, you know, in the world of science and logic, uh, anecdotal evidence is still data, and we analyze and filter that data, right? It's just uh, as credible as some of the scientific results, Uh, but there's folks who are juicing the leaves uh, to get THCA, the acidic precursor to THC. It's not psychoactive, so the really sick people who have active lives who, you know, don't want to dab at 7 a.m. to (laughs) treat their pain or to treat a possible seizure or anxiety or depression or many other uh, conditions can seek these alternative molecules. One of the problems, uh, Rob, is that so many people think the plant is THC with something wrapped around it.
1: Oh, yeah. It's that that whole misnomer of you have to decarboxylate in order to activate these compounds. And I'm like, are you crazy? It's not. I don't like the word activate.
0: Yeah. yeah. As a technical writer, I don't like that word activate because it implies that it's inactive or ineffective prior to activation. So and that's really not how the biosynthetic pathway works. But again, you know, we have to be careful in communicating with our audiences because, when we're talking to people who have mds or phds or who are highly technical and you know very versed in a particular discipline that's one thing but most of the time we're not talking to audiences like that in our podcasts and our articles and our white papers sure. you know and our videos uh, and we really need to take what is at the end of the day a very complex biochemistry and uh, analyze it filter it, and summarize it and present it to consumers and industry professionals in a way that they can actually understand. For
1: sure, and that's been my you know that's been my role. My my specialty is taking the the complicated scientific uh, you know information and communicating it to a variety of audiences. And it's a it's it's a, whether it be the consumers, like you said, or retailers. When it was talking about probiotics and digestive health and supplements, and you know it doesn't always have to be about cannabis. We have to do this with science in general, right? Um, but but it's interesting even now the nomenclature like i've been using uh neutral as as a way of defining the the the, the cannabidolic acids the, the you know the un uh the raw i would say forms the the acid forms the neutral for, versus uh it just it's just the language is challenging but you're trying to show that there's value yes. there um but at the same time it's not the same it, it's the when i say neutral i mean non psychoactive there's neutral activity there um But I love it. I mean, I love the plant. And then with that juicing, you know, that's been, a uh, you know, uh, that's really where I've met the Dr. Courtney's and had some amazing conversations with Dr. William and Kristen Courtney about juicing raw cannabis. Um, Right.
0: The California doctor who is, in my opinion, pretty much the pioneer on the topic. Oh, Uh, he he definitely is. He claims he saved his his wife's life uh, with THCA, which is, you know, quite from a scientist and a researcher, that's a dramatic claim.
1: Yeah no I, again I yeah it's amazing what he's done and I think that what what I'm seeing right now in the uh, emergence of psychedelics and the concept of microdosing that we're actually going to benefit us when we start going back to looking at cannabinoids and compounds found in the cannabis plant because we why the, my whole premise is why do we need to concentrate a thousands thousands and thousands upon times of these compounds to get Physiological impact or benefit, when uh, you know, as Dr. Courtney said, a 200-pound deer nibbles on a bud and a few leaves and gets benefit to its endocannabinoid system. You know, where do we have this disconnection that we need to have the supersized format of these compounds? And uh, well,
0: yeah. I I think you hit on some of the problem, right? Um, It's kind of like a Texas mentality of go big or go home. And, and I get that sometimes that's what the challenges of life and business require, right? We got to go in there and we got to pound away those problems, but that is not the case with these molecules produced by plants like hemp and cannabis. And uh, I've interviewed doctors who have, uh, uh, been really focused on dosing and biphasic response curves and you know the fact that in most use cases patients gain more benefit from CBD dosing more times per day in significantly smaller doses uh, is what some of the researchers are finding but uh, it's like you're saying you know everything's kind of tentative right now and when you wrap politics and religion (laughs) stigma and stereotype around this biochemistry it loses a lot of its science right
1: for sure. I mean, my alma mater, Southwest College of Naturopathic Medicine in Arizona, uh, has just opened the Rick Scalzo Botanical Research Institute at on the college. They've it's it's going to be an amazing uh, plant research center. Um, but they did some you know early research already on two varieties of uh, high CBD hemp, and they found that the higher CBD uh, percentage didn't necessarily have a better benefit to. Uh, markers for anxiety or things of that nature. It was the complement, not just that one compound. And I think that's the stigma really that we have to break is that the complementary – and that's why I always go back to those terpenoids but also those flavonoids. And the canflavin, canflavin A is one of my favorite compounds of the plant that I'm going to be advocating for and promoting because even though it's in small amounts, um, it whacks a a wallop. It has a good punch supposedly. So that's what I'm looking for
0: yeah, it's interesting since I've begun researching and writing about flavonoids uh, within the last eighteen months or so, uh, I have been shocked at the research that is available. The body of research is is large. Uh, and I look for patterns and primary efficacies for different patient groups, right? Yeah, uh, and, So when we look at cannabinoids and terpenes, we see some dominant efficacies like anti-inflammatory, antioxidation, anti-anxiety, et cetera, et cetera, right? What really kind of surprised me with flavonoids, which I consider to be the third, for listeners, the third group of wellness molecules produced by hemp and cannabis. We've got cannabinoids, we've got terpenes, and we've got flavonoids. What's interesting about the flavonoids is, yes, they have... Just like terpenes and cannabinoids, multiple uh, mechanisms and avenues of relief, and you know, improving the endocannabinoid system, especially for sick people, but they tend to dominate in some of their anti-cancer qualities. Uh, whereas I find terpenes and cannabinoids tend, they also, some of them in certain cases have been found to have anti-cancer qualities, but they tend to dominate in anti-inflammation, anti-anxiety, anti-depression, again, through a variety of mechanisms. It's obviously, as you know, not that simple, right? Oh, yeah. But yeah. it, you know, with uh, so many cases of cancer in our modern polluted world, uh, it's, is, uh, it's kind of a shame that Business and medicine is not paying more attention to flavonoids because my mind is just blown by the research studies showing significant anti-cancer efficacy from these flavonoids and canflavins.
1: Yeah. Oh, they will when I'm done. That's one of my personal missions. And so <laughs> well, I, I love that you said that. I, I mean, that's really our goal here is to open up and, and add a level of education. And I'm going to come back after this quick break. We're going to dive into some of your training and what you're doing now in the cannabis Excellent. industry to help educate more. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with Kurt Robbins. Uh, this is Doc Rob, your concierge to better living here at Cannabis Radio. We'll be right back at this quick message. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at s-h-o-o-g-i-e-s dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. All right, all right. We are back with Kurt Robbins, Higher Learning LV, Higher learning. I love that pun. But it's all about education. That's what we're here to do. And so, Kurt, we're talking about all these facets and you've written a bunch of papers and you're obviously uh, passionate and informed about this plant and many of its compounds. Um, like me, I'm sure always like, oh, what can I learn more? What's the next thing? What's the next discovery? It's, it's exciting. Um, but, but for those that are just getting familiar or those that need to get uh, more informed for their, their job or the industry as a whole, what, what are you up to these days as, as that role? I want to dive into what you're up to on a more of a day-to-day basis.
0: Well, it's interesting. I'm kind of going back to what I did during the dot-com in the 90s when I was starting out in my career as a technical writer, and uh, I fell into instructional design. Many of my employers and clients uh, said, hey, we think you'd be a good fit for this training project or something involving uh, employee education and their skill set, because this was emerging technology—the internet and you know HTTP and HTML and all that complexity—and so the average employee needed to understand all that in simple, efficient terms. And so it disciplined me in of uh, you know the American workforce, the North American workforce needs a solid skill set to be uh, competitive globally, uh, but. Uh, it's easy to say. How do we actually do that? So I, I, I learned at companies like Northrop Grumman and USAA, and uh, didn't actually work for Microsoft, but I did some partnering with them. Uh, that you know, time is money, and uh, if if it takes us too long to convey a skill set to an employee, uh, that inefficiency is just not acceptable. So there's uh, there's a lot of little tricks and, and tips. So um, I've been doing compliance documentation like license applications operational plans things like that for emerging businesses in the last few years Uh, but I think the market is in a good position now for me to focus basically 100% of my efforts uh, on the creation of training curriculum and I enjoy delivering it too so in the beginning higher learning LV will be courses that I've developed and courses that I'm delivering via zoom
1: I like it. I like it. Anyway, we can get more information, especially in a virtual manner these days. It's one of the things that we were passionate about. My my, my partner and I have been working on a, a potential web platform for education for cannabis industry. Um, and it's something that I think there's so much good insight out there, whether it be a grower who's been growing for 30, 40 years, they have some cool tricks of the trade, but there's Absolutely. also some some really good, you know, firsthand, you know, modern cultivators that are. Innovating, and I think that we have to kind of stay abreast with the changes of an of, of a you know innovating industry and emerging industry like this. I mean, we've accomplished a lot in the cannabis market the last ten years or so. Uh, dramatic changes, but we are far far from finished. And, you and know, I think that's what people have to understand: is this is still just early in in what's going to be right. a significant industry, health wise, and 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 just in society. Right.
0: And- that's difficult for professionals like you and I, who we're buried in this from the time we get up until you know whenever in the evening or when we go to bed. We're we're you know it's it's kind of like a hobby and a vocation all in one, um, but. That's, you know, Rob, you bring up a really good point. It reminds me that back in June, uh, a market analysis uh, and intelligence company called Oasis Intelligence in Los Angeles did what they claimed was the largest survey of cannabis consumers. Now, how do we define cannabis consumer? They defined it uh, as both current consumers and wannabe consumers, folks who wanted to, because now that it's legal, they had permission, right? There's a very large group of North Americans who will not participate in hemp and cannabis if it is illegal and you can go to jail. And I totally understand that. Well, Oasis Intelligence surveyed 20,000 of those consumers and found that 75% of them were unfamiliar with the terms terpenes endocannabinoid system and entourage effect so to your point that there's a lot of work ahead of us yes there is definitely a lot of work ahead of us
1: yeah and, and it's, it's actually interesting because you know i w- have been on the conference uh trade show tour for many years it's always been i love getting on stage i love being an educator uh, love trying to fill in some blanks for people and you know add some yeah. insight um but it was interesting because you kept seeing the same people at the conferences, the same topics at every conference. And so I, that makes a lot of sense that, that was, you're speaking to your already existing audience and breaking out of that bubble is challenging. And I think, um, you know, there's a, a few, I, again, being a marketing, branding, education guy, I have some ideas on how that could be accomplished. But as I said, we have a, a, a still quite a journey ahead of us in, Absolutely. in both understanding the plant and how we can utilize it effectively, as well as, you know, How do we reach people and educate them? I mean, listen, I started with probiotics about 18 years ago, and I'd go into a room, and there'd be 100 people in the room, and I'd say, okay, how many people know what the word probiotic means? And five people would raise their hand. And now I do that, four people may not know what that word means. Like, it's the opposite. And so that was close to 20 years, and that was – still, I bet you I could – make a few comments about probiotics that the majority of people who think they know probiotics don't know. So, uh, that I think are pretty much basic to me. We, I love it. And that's why I want to have you on. I think that, um, anywhere that any resources that people can get good, you know, science backed information on this, on this category, um, it's important. I actually, uh, Have done uh, patient education manuals and staff training manuals for the the medical cannabis industry in Arizona, and assisted in some in Pennsylvania. And I just updated my manuals in uh, Arizona, um, and I do my trainings. And of course, I have what is state required information, you know, as as a mandate. And then I try to add in content that's actually relevant to my audience, the bud tenders, the staff. And, uh, you know, one of the things I tell them is that there is no way that you know everything. And I think that I I give them permission to say, and I say this to a lot of people, I say this to doctors too. I say, you have permission to say, I don't know. And I think that's a hard thing for a lot of people to do, especially when they're in a position of authority or expertise to say, I don't know. But that's a great question. That's a great insight. Let me go learn more. We can learn together. And I think that that's something that you've always that you've advocated for. Uh, you know, the learn and teach others. Learn and uh, teach
0: others. Yep. I
1: love it. I love that it's a hashtag. And, you know, I think that's a a good strategy that we, you know, what they say is they'll you know, give a man a fish, you know, that that analogy versus teaching him to fish. I think that we have to learn, teach people about this plant in all areas of their interest, whether it be whether they want to grow it or consume it. Um You know, in Florida, we were talking about before the break, the juicing of cannabis, and you know, you had a smart doctor uh, recommend to a patient, an older elderly patient in Florida, to get you know drink an ounce uh, of of raw fresh cannabis juice twice a day, and he went to the dispensary and they looked at him like he had four eyes. They had no idea what he was talking about, and this is a it's it was that disconnect that I was like, needs to be fixed. Yep.
0: That's a that's a sad part of not having basic things like other industries. In cannabis, we don't have interstate commerce. We don't yet have merchant banking. So uh, there there are some obviously amazing products in California in adult use legal states like Colorado, Oregon, Washington State, right? Uh, and I love to do product reviews where there's good value for the patient or the consumer, but I can recommend a product available legally in the state of California. All want, anyone outside of that jurisdiction cannot legally uh, acquire or just cannot physically get their hands on it, right? They're like, hey, I'm in Tennessee. (laughs) You're (laughs) talking about something in California. I can't get my freaking hands on that. That's a very sad state of affairs right now. We see. Uh, you know, product reviews and magazines and media outlets on the daily, especially on social media. Uh, and what makes my heart break is that ninety percent of the people who see that message cannot take advantage of that product or service.
1: Oh, for sure, it's frustrating too on my side. I mean, I, for example, a, a company out of California, Mood Thirty Three, a beverage company that I was bit a part of, my team helped put together. Nice. Uh, and I can't get it. <laughs> and they like ship me a, you know, ship me a case of it. Well, the California oh, version has THC. Has THC in it. They did make a hemp CBD only version, which is available all over the place. And I recommend people if they wanted just a good, clean beverage to try, check out Motor 33. But it's, again, I know the people and I know the formulations. I I, I can justify my recommendation because I know the product well. Um, It's something that we have to constantly kind of work on. Even I was doing my training in Arizona and the the question came up from a a staff member. When someone comes in and say, why should I buy a, a CBD product? a high CBD product here in the dispensary when I can get it at the health food store, you know? And I explained to them, I said, in the health food store, you, they're limited to a no more than 0.03% THC. Now, right. they, they may not want to have a high THC product, but having two, three percent, in a product with with THC, or or having of two eight two three percent of THC with a high CBD product, has been shown in a lot of people to work better than the less than or no more than the point zero three percent hemp product. I'm not saying that CBD is not effective in that way, but. There is well, a difference' back there. the entourage effect,
0: right? Yeah, I know've exactly. I've developed educational articles about uh, the parents of epileptic children like with mm-hmm. Dravet syndrome, who uh, said, well, here's how it goes, you know, you hear these reports of CBD alone because there is an understandable fear, it, it sometimes borders on irrational unfortunately, right. of the psychoactivity of THC, especially when applied to seniors and children. Seniors are like, give me my THC. Screw you. You know. And now they you know, are. Yeah, that's an ironic one. But anyway, I I understand it. But what they were, the what my research a couple of years found, uh, was that, uh, CBD only, let's say 50 to 65 percent of those patients gained maximum relief, and they define maximum relief by the greatest reduction. Uh, or they're obviously seeking a cessation of seizure activity, right? Right. But about a third of them, and this is where it gets granular and it gets complicated, right? Back to the science, about a third of them said, and they did massive experimentation, okay? Because they're seeking relief for their loved ones, their children. right? And they found that uh, when they added just a little THC to the mix in that roughly one third of patients, uh, suddenly they got much improved, uh, you know, reductions in seizure activity and such. So, this is really complicated. We can't just say, Hey, doc, uh, is CBD good for uh, disease XYZ? Right, never a two minute conversation, right? So, not that's, at all, that's where it gets complicated,
1: yeah. And even that one, and I'll wrap up that, that thought with the sense that even in I went to CanMad and uh, you know, genomics and saying, even genetically. Even though that a child with epilepsy, maybe that one out of 10 kid actually reacts negatively to CBD, you know,
0: and so exactly you,
1: you can't just say it's going to work for everyone with, with seizures or epilepsy. We have subjective
0: to... efficacy. Absolutely. Exactly. And, and that is a real rub in all of this because the people claiming that the plant is a panacea or some sort of a miracle, uh, not for everyone. And, and nope. it, that's just a sad reality. We got to recognize that science.
1: Oh, for sure. I love the plant, but again, it's not perfect. Nothing really is. We have to, you can do harm with even too much water, as they say. So, um, yep. but yeah, but you can do a lot of good too. And so I love this conversation. We're going to keep this going. We're going to take one more break. We're going to come back with Kurt Robbins. We're getting technical here. I hope you guys are enjoying it. And, uh, you know, just the beginning. This is Doc Rob. your concierge to better living here on Cannabis Radio. Don't go anywhere. You know, final segment. This came way too quickly, Kurt. We're going to have to have you back on. We can. We need to get Let's dive into it. these technical details much more regularly Absolutely. with people. I, I say this to a lot of guests, but it's just the reality. These, these talks are short when we just start getting into really important information um, that people out there, whether they're, they're just a new consumer, a new patient, or a health practitioner, there's. There's always a need to learn more about this. We're always learning more. Um, I went to a major international conference, research conference on cannabis several years ago, and I and I laugh. I always say this because there was probably 200, 300 people in the room, and I would tell you maybe 15% of those those researchers had ever experienced cannabis personally, and for me that was a shock. I was like, how do you understand the nuance of this plant if you don't really have any firsthand knowledge? But you're you're. It's just a widget. It's just another mouse study to them. I think that as we continue to move this research forward we get a lot more uh you know uh, personal responses we get more human re- you know studies and re- research and there's a lot right. more that we clinical can do
0: trials. And clinical yep, trials clinical trials are important
1: and more that we can understand and i'm going to be hopefully setting some of this up internationally um because if we can't do it in the states right away you know we got to find other ways to do it but you know, where can people learn? Let's, let's, let's bring them back to you. I know I love healthy, higher learning LV. Where can people learn more about your training and your, get more access to your writings and learn more about you?
0: Uh, one of the best ways is simply to follow me on Twitter. That's really the social media platform on which I'm most active. Um, but, uh, soon there will be uh, a website for higher learning, uh, higher learning LV is in the process of launching right now. Nice. So, um, uh there's you know going to be all the requisite communications channels and such and students will be able to enroll from the website uh but you know if you just want to kind of check it out and see what this is all about i'd recommend people i have four different accounts on twitter actually <laughs> there's the higher learning there's my personal one at robin's group uh, llc and uh you know it, i try to use the uh the other accounts Learn and Teach Others, the hashtag campaign. Oh, yeah. Uh, that has its own account. And there's been so many, like literally thousands of posts under the Learn and Teach Others hashtag that uh, you can use that as a learning mechanism. If you simply search for the posts under that hashtag, uh, you can learn about a lot of things about cannabis.
1: That's awesome. I'm going to share those links. And when we get this show done, we're going to post them up as well. Um, you know, it's just something so much information to digest, and we got to do this in chomps. Again, I, I'm a fan on Twitter, I follow you, and um, again, I hope people follow me as well, Doc Rob on Twitter and Doc Rob's on Instagram. I post a lot of good information and on both cannabis, psychedelics, on health and wellness, nutrition. Um, i have to say i've gotten it a little political these days but it's uh only temporary it's just because we're in this state of crisis uh, but um otherwise i mean it's just so important that we use these tools and share this information uh, as best as possible i love the content i love and again i'll say it over again the flavonoids this overlooked segment of this plant and um you know again so much more research to be done together as a as a, as a community as, a, as an industry it's just gives us hope that there's some you know, great opportunities ahead of us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I think there is uh there's a gross lack of clinical trials involving human beings. And those are the gold standard, right? Double yeah. blind and uh, placebo controlled, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but there is not, this is a, 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 cr- very big misperception there is not a lack or dearth of uh other forms of research about these flavonoids terpenes and cannabinoids so i really encourage people to just you know we've got this uh, tool called the internet and google and such just go out there and if you're curious about cannabis for arthritis uh, if you're curious about what the heck is a flavonoid and Jack Robb keeps talking about can Flavinet and such, you know, <laughs> what the heck is all this stuff. Uh, it's all there at your fingertips, quite honestly. So I encourage people to educate themselves or like we were saying, search for the hashtag learn and teach others.
1: Yeah, definitely search that out. Again, I'll be posting them and sharing them as well. And I, I wish you all the best with the high learning LV. I'd love to help any way I can. We've got to keep educating and keep promoting this plant in the right scientific-backed manner. Scientific. And, uh, that's, yeah.
0: that's it. It's got to be based in research and science. And anecdotal reports are great. And again, credible data. But they're not uh, scientific in, in the respect that a research study is
1: right and again that's what we got to take away here and i think that that's one of the things my passion is right now we're going to do some fundraisers over the winter to open up our cannabis research center in new york this in the spring summer and uh yeah it's one of my passions it's it's something i'm very excited about and um you know again i'd love to collaborate there's gonna be a lot of uh papers that need to be written a lot of research that needs to be evaluated and again anyone out there that that really shares this passion reach out uh this is again a community effort we want to do this all together and and i appreciate everyone and and that passion, that shared passion for this plant and plant medicine as a whole.
0: Excellent. Well, thanks for having me on, Rob. I really appreciate it. And I love your science based approach to all of this. Uh, It's one of the reasons I like talking to doctors and researchers because anybody who embraces science and this plant is someone I like.
1: Yeah, definitely a, a great bonding there over the science of this. And I appreciate your efforts, Kurt. Thanks for taking the time and coming on today. We're going to have you on again for sure. Uh, thank you, everyone at Cannabis Radio, for always making these podcasts happen. Thank you, all the listeners, for tuning in and sharing these podcasts to, the, to your friends, families, and followers. And, again, grateful just for today. It's just another day. Smile, happy. Um, take a walk of in it, nature, peace. make them a host, yeah, for sure. And with that, I want to say goodbye and wish everyone, as always, all the best in health and happiness. Take care and be well.